Hello and welcome to the Political Notebook Podcast. I'm Billy Robb. I'm a high school teacher and here to talk with my dad, Robert Robb, who's writing on Substack, robertrobb.substack.com. In this episode, we're going to talk about the political aftermath of the 2022 election here in Arizona. Democrats won statewide offices for governor, attorney general, secretary of state, and the U.S. Senate. So we'll talk about whether this is a sign of a sea change in Arizona politics. And I also want to talk about the reaction of the Republicans to their losses in these races, whether Republicans are capable of of learning from these losses or if they're stuck in a doom loop that will lead to more losing in the future. So first question here is about the Katie Hobbs campaign. Uh, For much of the campaign, she was being criticized for not debating and for not being charismatic as a speaker and and as a presenter, but she won the election. So do you give any credit to Hobbs for her campaign strategies? Um, or do you think this was just a matter of Carrie Lake being unacceptable to the general electorate? Uh, I would say both. Um, it was primarily about Carrie Lake being unacceptable to a wide enough swath of um, center and center-right voters uh, for a Democrat to overcome the registration disadvantage and win. Um, but to, to do that, um, Katie Hobbs had to make herself an acceptable alternative to those voters, perhaps closer to Lake on policy, but alienated uh, by her style of politics. Uh, and she did that. She, she ran a um, center left uh, and close to center campaign. She didn't run a campaign like David Garcia did against Doug Ducey. Um, channeling uh, his inner uh, Bernie Sanders. Um, and so she, the, the, the um, formula uh, for uh, Democrats, uh, which ironically enough uh, was initially uh, discovered and refined uh, by Kirsten Sinema, who's now been chased out of the party, uh, is to be a acceptable alternative, not a hard, progressive candidate uh, when you're up against a MAGA Republican. And in those cases, Democrats have a chance to win, although the elections are still close. Yeah, the elections are still close. Was there any specific policy that she moves more center on, uh, or was it just a matter of style and tone? Again, it was both. Um, It wasn't it wasn't the policies that she ran on. It was the policies that she didn't run on. She didn't run on a big tax increase. She didn't run on a spending blowout. She didn't run ag- against the capitalist system creating losers. She didn't run against um, the kind of things that the progressive left uh, endorses. The only exception to that was abortion. She, she was hard left on abortion and uh, remain so. Um, but otherwise, she she presented a fairly moderate center-left acceptable uh, alternative. I, early on in the campaign, all said that she, to win, needed to demonstrate that she was safe and sane, and she did both of those things. What about an issue like 
the school vouchers because it's kind of tricky, right? Because she won the election. She ran on, you know, kind of reigning in the universal vouchers, but she was running against someone who was running as an extremist on the other side. So how do, how do, how do, how do we interpret uh, whether like the mandate on, on that issue? Cause that's the, that's the first time that issue has gone before voters in, in a, in kind of a clear way since the, since the previous um, referendum. I don't plan, I don't think the voucher issue played much of a role at all uh, in uh, the election. Um, clearly she's a dedicated opponent to universal uh, vouchers and that was reflected in her budget. Um, and we will see the extent to which she's serious about it. Uh, my own guess is that it was simply a political gesture to um, make her budget reflect uh, her point of view and the point of view of most Democrats. Um, but I don't think it played a large role uh, in the um, uh, general election. Uh, I think the politics of school choice have improved for school choice advocates. I don't know that it's improved to the point of making universal uh, vouchers an advantage for a Republican candidate. The last time that was put before voters in Arizona, they rejected it overwhelmingly. I think it's probably become more popular, but I think advocates of universal vouchers, which include me, um, dodged a bullet uh, when the petition campaign to suspend the program and uh, put it on the ballot in 2024 came up short of the signatures necessary to do that. So, and you wrote you wrote a recent column about her her budget. You called it cautiously liberal. Um, so this is a sign as she's as she's starting as we're kind of starting the Katie Hobbs era here in Arizona. Is it a sign that she's going to stick stick to to sort of her moderate uh, positions? You said that um, her her budget has you know spending increases for um, for specific projects like uh, district building, uh, in schools. Um, but is this sort of, uh, I mean, is this what, is this, is this a sign that she's going to, she's going to govern as a moderate liberal? And is this kind of like a bigger question? Is this going to kind of shift the democratic party to be one in Arizona? That's like, okay, kind of center left, uh, moving, moving forward, which might be safer for, you know, future voters maybe deciding, um, you know, in 2024, maybe just to, to flip the legislature. I, I don't know. Um, the, I did describe the budget as cautiously uh, liberal, uh, with the exception of the repeal of universal vouchers. And, and my analysis was based upon the premise that that was a political gesture, not a serious negotiating point. If I was mistaken about that, uh, then... Um, my characterization of her budget uh, also is uh, mistaken. But putting that aside, um, uh, she didn't spend uh, all the money that the state anticipates receiving. She included a $250 million additional deposit to the rainy day fund. Uh, she included a carry forward surplus of even more than that. So she spent more than half a billion dollars less than the state anticipates bringing in. 
um, her major increased funding uh, went to um, district schools uh, for major repairs and maintenance projects um, to the housing trust fund and a low income um, tax credit. But except for that, uh, for those the big ticket items, and those aren't actually big tickets, uh, it was mostly $10 million here, $5 million there to expand caseworkers for various social programs. Now, um, a newly elected governor has a very short period of time to develop a budget proposal. So uh, whether this reflects the way that she's going to govern for the duration of her four-year term, or whether it simply reflects all she could cobble together in a very short period of time for this budget, and we will see more aggressive uh, liberal uh, funding proposals in future budgets when she has a whole year to uh, prepare one. Um, I just don't know. Um, with respect to whether Democrats uh, now are the party of the center in Arizona, I think the cinema example uh, is a uh, counterindication. Um, so she broke the drought uh, where Democrats hadn't won a statewide election for over for a decade. Uh, and uh, she uh, did it uh, running as kind of a postpartisan centrist pro problem solver. Uh, she's governed highly successfully in that fashion. Uh, and the Democrats chased her out of their party. Um, so I, I think that suggests that, that while we have had a run of Democratic successes running against MAGA candidates with uh, candidates who uh, did um, show themselves to be an acceptable alternative to swing voters and disaffected uh, Republicans. Um, I, the cinema example suggests that uh, they're not entirely comfortable uh, with that sort of plotting slightly left to center approach. But don't you think, did they chase her out or did she, did she run away? I know she, I know she made, you know, she voted against the, or she wasn't on board with, you know, some of the major spending um, increases and she wasn't on board with the kind of the overhaul to the, to the voting system um, with the John Lewis voting act. But she was also kind of, you know, kind of in your face about it, right? Like she's got a, she's got that independent streak and, and, and she, <laughs> Could she have been more of a center left senator while at the same time making more of an effort, you know, to to campaign for Democrats to be to be, you know, making those gestures? Could, would it have been possible for her to, to vote the same way and remain um, in good standing with the Democratic Party or, or were the or the positions themselves sort of um, inevitable that she would have that backlash against her? I think she likely would have lost a Democratic primary against Ruben Gallego. Um, so even, but but even even like purely based on the on the on the voting rec on the voting record. Yes, be because be because she gets criticized too for not for no for not for being a team player for you know Gallego is always attacking her for for not you know showing up more and being more present to to her constituents and things like just, just things like that kind of going out of her way to go to, you know, um, 
you know, Davos and stuff like that? Well, she's uh, rolled up her sleeves and tackled the Arizona issues um, as thoroughly as any U.S. senator we have had. Um, so uh, it, the, the, <laughs> the places where she doesn't show up are places where she was going to get heckled uh, <laughs> yeah. and, chased, and chased out. Um, remember that, that she was chased into a bathroom with people uh, yeah. filming her. Um, and it was the votes that started it. I mean, she, she, uh, Mark Kelly, um, stole her election playbook. Um, he, he has followed her footsteps electorally, if not substantively, uh, as a member of the U S Senate. Uh, and so it, it, I, I think the party started going after her before she decided to abandon the party. If she was going to face only token opposition in a democratic primary, I don't think that she would have chosen the independent route. So, so, so it's kind of uncertain maybe which, which direction the, which direction the, the Democrats are going or whether, so, so, but okay. On the other side, where is the center going to go in the future? It doesn't seem, I mean, the, the Democratic Party, in terms of their elected officials, you know, Biden in, his, in, the, in the first year or so made a lot of uh, gestures to, to the more progressive uh, left, but he's, um, he's, he's been pragmatic maybe because of senators like, like Kirsten Sinema. But the Republicans just seem to be totally off the rails. I mean, I don't see... Um, you know, in terms of, in terms of the, in terms of the cycle they're in, um, you know, Trump was an erratic and, you know, and reckless president. And in a lot of ways, you kind of just woke up every morning. You're like, oh my gosh, what, what is he going to do? What is he going to say? Um, he lost the election, you know, Arizona, uh, voted for Biden in 2020, um, they flip out. They 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 say it was rigged. They do the stop the steal. He tried to stay in office after that's, and and twenty twenty two was interesting to me because this is the first election after you know after January sixth and and um, and Republicans were were basically doubled down on you know on MAGA. There has not been a reckoning uh, about January sixth and and you know, the fake elector scheme and all that within the party. And now it seems like they're tripling down. You know, Carrie Lake is <laughs> acting like she's still running for office. Um, and they're still, and they're still bringing up the same sort of kind of like culture war issues that are, that are just, you know, presented in, in such a, such a kind of a, off-putting way, um, and they're still making hay about all the election fraud stuff that that most you know rational people that look at the full context will just reject as as um, you know hogwash. So, <laughs> is there any is there any chance that the that the Republicans will be putting up um, you know, more, more rational or sane candidates in, 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 in future elections. I mean, it seems like the party apparatus, the party activists, you know, they're, they want more of the same or even, even more of, of, of the extremism. 
Uh, at, at present, I don't see that the MAGA fever has broken um, and uh, that there is a reasonable chance for a um, pragmatic conservative or a center-right candidate to win a Republican primary. Um, uh, we have some distance between now and 2024. Um, we will see what happens, but it's clear that uh, MAGA sentiment uh, is in charge of the uh, U.S. House of Representatives. Um, and we're about to enter into a very dangerous um, showdown uh, over increasing the debt ceiling. Um, with the, the policy confusion uh, as to uh, what um, the debt ceiling is going to be held up for. I mean, uh, Biden has says he's not going to negotiate. Um, but if he was willing to negotiate, there's no one has a clue of what right. Republicans are asking for. And, and this is a big deal. So I don't know it, it, it whether, um, the MAGA fever will, will ever break, uh, but there's certainly no indication that it has. And, and you, you have to say that Donald Trump remains the front runner uh, in the re Republican primary to be the 2024 presidential nominee. He's not inevitable, um, but uh, anyone who would compete with him would compete uh, partly uh, on the grounds that they're a more politically acceptable version of Donald Trump and what the MAGA philosophy to the extent there is a philosophy stands for. But doesn't that set, doesn't that automatically reject? I mean, assuming they're going to be putting up the same candidates, the same, the same kind of candidates in, in 24, doesn't, I mean, doesn't that just kick, doesn't that just repeat the same cycle uh, of, of kicking the moderate, and even even conservative, I mean, even even if you're a conservative, you look you look at some of these, you know, some of these MAGA candidates are are like more like revolutionaries that want to like burn down the system and and uh, they won't accept anything other than you know, uh, you know, they're willing to burn down the the electoral system. They're willing to challenge. You know, it's just it just it, to me it doesn't seem like they're even conservatives. Even if you're a very small government, want to uh, reduce taxes and, and care about limited government, it doesn't seem like you would be a natural coalition with, um, you know, with with a direction of where the party's going. So, I mean, is it going to take another? Where do they go? It's, it seems like they got to go, go to the Democrats, right? I mean, well, you 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 have um, we won't have um, the state officers up for election in 2024. So the the consequential they're only there will only be one consequential uh, statewide election, and that's for U.S. Senate. And, and there you do have a dramatically different dynamic uh, yeah. if Kirsten Sinema runs as an independent. Um, but you think she can win in a three-way race? I do. I think her, her odds, uh, while long, uh, are being underestimated. Um, if, if there is a uh, Bernie Sanders-style progressive, and I think that except on some military and foreign policy issues is a fair description of Ruben Gallego and a MAGA 
uh, Republican wins the nomination, which I think is more likely than not, um, then I think she has a path. Um, initial polls show her running uh, a distant third, uh, but that's showing the weight of party identification. And she will have enough money uh, to make the case um, for people not to go by party. Um, and there, there's enough for swing voters more to dislike about a progressive liberal and a MAGA Republican than there is to dislike about uh, Kirsten Cinema. She has, uh, even though she's underwater in terms of her approval ratings, um, she does have approval from 35 to 38 percent of the electorate. Uh, in a three-way race, uh, 40 percent probably wins. So if she can hold them, and she will have a record of accomplishment on behalf of the country and the state. She's been an extremely effective uh, U.S. senator, and she will have the money to make her case. Uh, so I think um, the common uh, wisdom is that the question is uh, whether she takes more votes away from the Democrat or from the Republican, and for whom is she going to be a spoiler? I think that underestimates a real possibility uh, that she can break through the natural weight of partisan affiliation uh, and make a case to elect her as an independent. It's dependent upon Gallego running pretty hard left, which I think he will have a hard time not doing since that's his record, and a MAGA Republican winning the, Rep the Republican nomination. Uh, but in that case, I think her chances of succeeding are being underestimated. So there, there might be a few Republicans that are that are non-MAGA Republicans running for president, maybe. Maybe like a Larry Hogan, maybe, I don't know, um, someone someone like that, uh, which, which probably has no chance of winning. Do you think there's any chance of a, of a you know, like, a, like what if Karen Taylor Robeson ran a campaign and did not, and ran like more like independent uh, from Trump um, and more like principal conservatism um, sort of lane. Uh, any possibility that even though the, the activists are, are, are active and, and angry, is there any possibility that so, like a, like a Robeson or a Ducey could, could run and, and win a primary in for the, for the Senate? Um, perhaps, but, but, uh, uh, Robeson, uh, ran as a MAGA candidate, um, and which is sort of made MAGA light, maybe. <laughs> well, she didn't have the endorsement of the man, uh, but yeah. she, she endorsed him, uh, and had no criticism to make. She raised uh, questions about the val validity of our elections, what uh, if she ran, you know, what if she changed, what if she kind of changed tone and, and, and tracked a little bit away from that or someone like, you know, I think do, do and, and her are the only big names I could think of that would be sort of automatic heavyweights in that. Yeah. I, I think she race. would have a, a hard time credibly running, uh, as a, uh, Trumpian, uh, skeptic, uh, given, uh, what she did during the gubernatorial campaign. Um, someone else might have an open shot. My own 
perception is uh, that the Republican Party is not yet ready uh, to return to what was a rich tradition of uh, supporting pragmatic conservatives like Doug Ducey and John Kyle and John McCain and Jeff Flake and Barry Goldwater. Um, it, I, I don't perceive that the Republican electorate is ready to return to preferring those kind of candidates uh, to uh, the Kerry Lakes and the Blake Masters. So do the voters that would prefer that, do they automatically go towards cinema like early on in the race? Like do they sit out the the Republican primary maybe and start, I mean, what, what do, what do voters that prefer that, where do they go? Um, it, it will depend in part, in part as to whether they are given a valid alternative, uh, in the Republican primary. Uh, if they are, then I think they would prefer a pragmatic conservative or a center right Republican nominee, uh, to cinema. Um, whether there will be any such candidate, uh, is at present an open question. I'm doubtful that there will be, because I think that the odds of someone like that being able to prevail, given the Republican primary electorate at present, uh, is pretty slim. So I would be surprised if any of them uh, got into the race. Uh, so... I, I, it's a very, I mean, cinema running as an independent, if she does, uh, really changes the dynamic. Um, she will have to overcome the barrier of uh, partisan affiliation, which is sort of the default shorthand a lot of voters use to decide uh, who they support. And that will be difficult. Um, but uh, she should have the financial resources to to make her case. All right. Last, last question here is just like an immediate concern here in Arizona is the school spending limit. And if, if the legislature doesn't uh, vote to increase the school spending limit, um, district schools are going to have to make some budget cuts here pretty coming up here pretty soon. Do you think Republicans in Arizona will finally come aboard with make it happen? Or do you think we're actually going to see budget cuts? I am terribly worried and believe that Republicans in the legislature are behaving grossly irresponsibly. They say, don't worry, we will uh, get around to it. We will uh, approve um, the authorization to spend this money in excess of uh, the limit. Um, but it is utterly irresponsible uh, to provide that magnitude of confusion about budget resources that are available to the schools because the schools have to prepare for the possibility uh, that um, the legislature won't act. And by refusing to act quickly, it suggests that uh, the uh, Republicans in the legislature are going to want something in return. Uh, and I, I don't know, that was the case supposedly before the end of the year when Ducey was still governor, uh, where he wanted, uh, and it did, uh, where it was reported that Republicans wanted 
uh, an additional uh, tax cut. Um, you've got a reduction in the corporate income tax rate uh, going through the legislature. Uh, and I don't know that that Hobbs is going to be willing to make uh, that exchange at this point in time. So I'm terribly worried about it. And, and I think the Republicans in the legislature are being grossly irresponsible. Well, we'll knock on wood. Hopefully some compromise or, or some action can be uh, can be made soon, because I, I, I agree. It's I mean, you're trying to trying to do your job you're trying to teach and you're just you know you're trying to educate the kids and the mad scramble to try to to try to game plan that out um and the time the time is ticking so uh, we'll see what happens there uh thanks everybody for listening to the political notebook podcast uh you can find us on apple um podcasts spotify and any pretty much any podcasting app thank you